Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to the penny bloom podcast this is winter is blooming a game of thrones rewatch podcast and it is time for our first penultimate episode on this journey we've got season one episode nine baylor written by david benioff and db weiss and directed by alan taylor originally airing on june 12 2011 I am Colton Robertson. I am joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. And welcome back to Varus Pennington. How you doing, homie? Doing all right. Doing all right. Living a living a lovely life. Living a lovely life. That's what I love to hear. That's what I love to hear. And I'm living a lovely life rewatching Game of Thrones right now. Uh this uh this episode obviously obviously we know what comes at the end we were ready for it all season we've been talking about getting to this point we knew at the end of this episode ned loses his head what i did not remember was that this episode was fucking stacked in every other way Mm. yeah we got we got a lot of progression um with daenerys that was insane that i was like like, the things that happened to Daenerys, every little thing that kept happening, I'm like, okay, this is where it stops, and then they come back in season two, and then they'll continue it, and then I'm like, okay, I'm yo, like, so that's happening now. Next, like, I'm genuinely left in a place where I only remember one thing from the finale, and it's her walking out of the fire. Yeah. I don't remember fucking anything from the finale. Yeah, that's, I don't yeah. know where this is heading. Uh, this it's actually insane that like we have all seen the show we know where it goes we know where it ends season eight and like i actually have no idea what is coming in this next episode other than daenerys walking out of the fire that is literally the only that is it like and like but how i think think (laughs) you know like it it really just kind of like almost rewrote our expectations of pace in a show. And I didn't notice this until watching house of the dragon, but like even, even the like game of Thrones house of the dragon are, are very different in the way that they're paced, which is why that was such a big topic of conversation. I think with uh, house of the dragon, like we were watching this thinking like everything is happening like slowly, but quickly because I don't know. The writing was just really specific, like for Game of Thrones. Like they didn't throw in any scenes that weren't the absolute crux of whatever, um, mm. like, uh, plot that they're, that they're telling. Like it, there wasn't something that you absolutely needed to know. Um, which is great because on rewatch, like you're forgetting all this shit that you needed to know and you're like, holy shit, that happened. Yes, that happened. It just happened. gets so wrapped <laughs> up in the giant event that mm. it's like, yeah. 
nothing else in the episode matters after that. You're just like, well, yeah. fuck, Ned's dead. What what the fuck are we going to do now? Uh, you know, there's so many things that happened this week that I didn't expect to happen until season two. I, uh, I forgot that Rob comes back victorious from battle having kidnapped Jamie Lannister in season one. I forgot that we're introduced to Shay in Tyrion's tent in season one. She is in this show longer than Rob Stark. Yeah. Yeah, she married. She well, like, do they get married actually, or are they just, they're just, uh, I don't think they're officially married. I don't think that ever happens because he gets officially married to Sansa, which kind of, that's right. <laughs> sends them into a wow. deep, deep spiral. And... But nah, man, this, <laughs> was a, this was a brilliant episode and it was far and away for me the best looking so far. You know, I thought Daniel, Yo, Manhattan, yeah. like episode six dominated, but this Alan Taylor just fucking it's... wrecked it. I like after watching this, it was clear that this was my favorite of the season. Like, and I was pretty confident that it was, it was probably going to be just judging off yeah. what, you know, what was going to happen. And, and it's just, I knew it was going to be my favorite, like enjoyment wise, because it's the hype is building up. But then like, just the writing was so much better than, than I, than I remembered. And so much more happened story wise than I remembered. And I think that's really like, that's the difference between Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon is House of the Dragon is the span of a much longer period of time and they focus on the crucial very 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 important events over that long span yeah. of time but what Game of Thrones does is it's over the span of like what what have we done like total in these I mean like the last the last it's, couple episodes have covered like 3 days yeah, yeah, the whole thing, the whole show is over a span of like four years. I want to say I, I remember like mm. them noting that in an art in an interview with art with George R. R. Martin because he was talking about because it, I, I think my my suspicion. Oh yeah, that's what it was. It was the interview that he did. I think with maybe HBO Max, but it was with some other fantasy writer, and he, he was talking about uh, the. Uh, like the show moving too fast and it felt to me like it was like George's idea for it to go that way. But he, he's like, like but, but you got to understand, right? Like, like in what way do you do that where you don't just get four episodes with young, uh, with young, um, Rhaenyra. I want to say Daenerys for Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, that uh, mm. what that's what's crazy is for shows set in the same uh, same universe, they are vastly different, surprisingly so. Um, and it just gives me hope for whatever else they want to do within this universe. You know, I like whenever they can maintain a sort of uh, a style and feel and kind of feel similar, but in their story structure, be vastly different. Like we cover. Over a quarter of a century. Yeah. In in House of the Dragon season one. I feel like do you even cover that total in all of Game of Thrones? No, 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 no. Like Game even, of Thrones covers max like, five years. Yeah. Like that's nuts. It, you don't like, even but, get the amount of time that was taken in the time jump in the middle of House yeah. of the Dragon. Yeah. And that's you that's the thing is that like the events that are happening. Like, we've covered three days, but they have made every event that has happened feel just as important as the super big events that are happening in the House of the Dragon. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, yeah. um, I don't know if that's 
lazy writing to have it, you know, it's not lazy that they're just picking bigger events and spreading it over a longer no. span of time. It's just a different story that they're it's telling. It's necessary. The, yeah. Like the story yeah. that, because we're going to stop doing that. Mm. Next yeah. season will not cover 25 years. It's supposed yeah. to be paced a lot more like the last three episodes of season one. Were. I mean, I guess it's really just the world building season. It's like we're building yeah. the world and now here we go. Um, Here's everything you need to know. Has covered yeah. a few months. Like I would go. This season's covered five, six months, maybe. Like it's it's covered a, a span of time. Yeah, Bran has been like from Bran being pushed out the window. He's been in like asleep for a while. Yeah, like Catelyn says, she's like been here for months. She's been waiting there, or was it just a month that she was waiting there for? I think it was a sitting month by his side. Okay. Asleep. Um, yeah, so it's fair to assume that it's been like a couple months. A couple episodes um, ago, Ned tells Varys, you know, I've been here a yeah. month. Why have you waited to tell me That's this? true. Oh, yeah. And Rob is like, my father still sits down. Like he's, yeah, how long before they take? That's okay. So, yeah, it's been like two, been two and a half months, months, I guess. Yeah. Three months, yeah. Yeah, maybe but, even uh, three. Okay. Yeah, this is a, <laughs> it's an impressive I, season of television. And this was definitely the best episode of the season so far. Alan Taylor being the director of this episode might be a vaguely familiar name because uh, Alan Taylor is uh, he directed a bunch of episodes of The Sopranos. He does go on to direct a bunch of episodes of this and he directed the Sopranos spinoff movie Many Saints of Newark and he directed Thor The Dark World. Um, hmm. OK, that was that was an interesting addition there. Um, it was all, it was all going like, I don't know. It was all like, Oh, okay. Wow. Good. Fair. And then, okay. An interesting take, you know, a very, uh, that, that one's doesn't fit with the rest. I, no, you know, I, know. I would say it's not as well written as the rest, but that's but a pretty, style good, pretty good looking movie. It's a pretty good looking movie. It, that's true. I, I guess direction, like the direction of it. Wasn't like bad. Thor the Dark World. Yeah. Terrible. But, uh, yeah, the story just kind of loses itself. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think Alan Taylor's to blame for that because he's helmed a lot of some of the greatest TV work we've ever seen, ever. And a bunch of, uh, I think, seven episodes of Game of Thrones, nine episodes of The Sopranos, an episode of Boardwalk Empire, like uh, four episodes of Mad Men. Mm. Uh, this this of is Lost. the director of, of episode nine? Yeah, Alan Taylor's Ooh. been around. Damn. Uh, some episodes of Oz, The West Wing, Sex in the City, Dang, Deadwood. Okay. This man's this man's a TV director, Law and Order. Yeah, he's, a, he's done some good shit. He's yeah, no, those, those are all awesome shows. Like, I always feel like it would be like better to just be like someone who's like, I just went and worked for all these amazing TV shows, did what they do as good as they do it. Instead of being like, I just did Law and Order for twenty years. Mm. <laughs> I just chilled back. This was yeah. like, yeah, you know what? I could make the same thing every single right. week for fucking years. Right. No, yeah, it's a, he, he, a big HBO name, Alan Taylor. He's a um, yeah. stuff with HBO a lot. Well, ultimately, I feel like that's where D and D were getting by the end of Game of Thrones, which was like, we can't get shoehorned into Game of Thrones for the rest of our life. Because mm. there's that much content. And honestly, I think George R. R. Martin wouldn't be a sad man if his show or his like universe was still being told via television or movies even in the next 20, 30 years. 
Oh, absolutely not. It's so interesting to think about what uh, the Song of Ice and Fire franchise has become. Because, uh, like, there was, like, an express sentiment from George R.R. R. Martin when he started the books years ago. That he absolutely wanted to make something that could not be adapted properly. He wanted He wanted to make something that, if it was transferred to TV, would be too big and too ridiculous that they would have to shorten it up and tone it down and absolutely do something brand new with it but maintain like he he never had a vision of it getting adapted and now it is the biggest television franchise ever like yeah. uh amongst yeah. them maybe not the biggest ever but it's it's up there it's up there by it can't be far off um no. i'd say it's it's like numbers wise i think like mash you know and like yeah, is mash, number 1 technically though. like sure yeah. but like when game of thrones has been out for that long and it's weird now because it's like not just people tuning in at the exact same time like it's metrics are weird because it's streaming and stuff now so it's like how do you compare those numbers really right um, right but like i'm not even gonna lie to you man there's there's this weird thing with this podcast where i was expecting to do this winter is blooming as just a fun thing for us to do I didn't think it would get a lot of listens because I didn't think a lot of people would be like, yeah, I'll rewatch Game of Thrones for the next 72 weeks. Um, these have been our best episodes every week they've come out. People really? are, uh, either people are rewatching Game of Thrones or they're willing to listen to us talk about it, even though they've already watched it, which is, uh, it's a testament to the franchise. Like, uh, the, the show itself just, is fucking fantastic. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. This, they've, I think it's, they just spent so much money that this show will look good for so long. Like, I don't know. That, that's the thing is, like, what advancement can we really make in filmmaking that will make the show not look good anymore? You know, like, they shot on location. They shot, like, everything for real. It's like, like, a lot of it is just, it can't get better. And they just did stuff for real. So it's like, the show will be good for however long it's out. And I am having a blast rewatching it now in way more detail than I've ever rewatched it before. And like, right, it's t t 11 years after the show's come out, you know, yeah, like, it's, right. well, it's, it's, it's just completely, it's completely original, you know, and it's, it, it plays fantasy in a way that I don't think it had been played before on a large scale, which was as a political drama. Like who thinks of it, who thinks of, um, Lord, like Lord of the Rings at its foundation, of course, is a political drama, but we think of it. I'm, I speculate when I use, yeah, I, I, I just want to add the, the note that I speculate when I use Lord of the Rings as like a metaphor because I've actually never seen or read Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Me too. I just, I'm right I just there kind of you. just have an idea of what it is. I, I, <laughs> oh, yeah. I've I have a Hedgehog version of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've watched like an hour of the first movie I fucking and then it. I fell asleep and woke up for the asleep. end of it. So the, the extended movie. version. So it was like, yeah, but, um, but I'm kind of, yeah, no, I'm right. I'm right there with you is that this is like fantasy, but you could see it happening in the real world too. You can't really see Lord of the Rings happening in the real world. Exactly. You know? yeah, well, specifically um, season one of this show. Like, this could yeah. be historical fiction right now. Yeah, yeah. when it goes to dragons no. and the Night King, it's when it starts to go a little bit more of, like, okay, you know, this won't happen in the United States or whatever. But, like, um, but no, like, right now, like, 
if you cut just a little bit of fantasy out, it is like this stuff probably legitimately happened. And George R. R. Martin based some yeah. of his stories off probably real history, like real oh, yeah, sure. lineage. Like I don't know, this is a this is a legitimate story. Like it's happened in real life many fantasy times. We've gotten like I was watching it, just like man, this is the like I like because I'm also watching Willow right now, Disney Plus fantasy series spun out of the uh uh 1988 movie directed by ron howard with val kilmer and stuff fantastic show by the way strongly recommend you watch the movie and then watch the show very very fun stuff but uh it's it's very classic fairy tale type fantasy like where it's like oh yeah like this is we're dealing with some real deal fantasy elements uh when rob was given his speech uh to the soldiers after they won the war or won the battle. And he was like, uh, have we freed my father? Have we saved my sisters from the queen? I was like, Oh, this is, this is some real, this is some fantasy shit, you know, like, uh, when That's like, true. And I love, yeah. I love it. Like, it's not, it's not yeah. like that is feasible, but it was a fantasy movie or show ass speech. Like it was, yeah. Like, have we saved my sisters from the queen? You yeah, know, like, like no, it's, that's awesome. I love it. I don't know. It's, it's, been, it's so fantastical in all the ways that we, like, fantasize about. And it's it's ridiculous. And what's weird is, like, so I had a moment walking through one of the museums here uh, in New York the other day where it was a, it was a, it, this is a traveling exhibition that's been going since the eighties. It was called the dinner party. I can't remember the artist, the uh, artist's name, but it was in like their, um, the feminism section of the, the there's a feminism like center in this museum, which was something I had never seen before. Um, like not like feminist art, but just like a feminist section, like to like, oh, yeah, it, I get it was like devoted to that. Um, and there are multiple artists in there, but anyways, it was a, it was literally just a huge, like um a floor with like this triangle shaped table that you might see in game of thrones like i'm talking massive like the size of uh half a gym court like it was huge um and it it, it had all these these seats like or like decorated like you might see like i'm thinking of particularly the scene in um where uh uh tywin and and, and when, when tywin and Tyrion are like traveling on the on the on the road or whatever with their army um i'm thinking of like what you might see for a feast that they construct out there like mm-hmm. these are real like cultural symbols that i think are are used in many ways that are like recreated originally for george r, r. martin's purposes um which i just think is a super refreshing thing because it's there's something to be said when you see something and it reminds you of something that you've never really seen you know what i mean Right. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's fair. That's fair. Ah, uh, man. We're we're about 20 minutes in now. Are you guys ready for a scene-by-scene scene breakdown? <laughs> yeah, I guess we haven't even gotten to the scene. Like, it's going to, when we get to that scene, too, it's going to be nuts. So, I think. Yeah, no, it'll be a, might be a good a, idea to start breaking it down. It's a goodie. <laughs> we spend a lot of time in the Riverlands this week. Mm. And that is where we will start. Then we'll go to the wall. Then we'll go to Lazar over in Essos and finish it off in King's Landing. So let's begin in the Riverlands where the Stark army led by Rob has reached the twins held by, uh, you know, the phrase at the uh, crossing of the fork and the Trident River. river. Uh, uh, Theon's like, uh, 
shooting down ravens every time they send a raven out he's like nope i gotta see what you what you're saying let me see that uh this one was just a birthday wish to his niece uh and he's like <laughs> rob reading it like damn we just cost this this child a happy birthday wish uh you can t- what's really cool about rob throughout this episode is that like every little thing that he does that he like he doesn't want to go to war you know, like he he has no interest in being at war. It's what he has to do. And every time, even small things like this, he's like, it's a birthday wish for his niece. Like, I don't know. We, I think I think there doing? was a fair strategy point made here, though, because he like he does see that. And he's like, man, like, wow, we just shot down a birthday wish for a little girl. And then someone says, like, but that could just be him testing to see if he get, can get messages out. And oh, then yeah. if he is, then he sends one to Tywin and lets us know our whole army's here, then we're fucked. You know, or whatever. He lets him know exactly how much is here. So it's like, like, Rob, although very compassionate and very on the right side of, of the thinking I feel for, like, a leader for an army. You know, I, I'd want my leader to be like Rob, um, right. the king of the fucking north. Dude, I'll ride, I'll ride for him. You in the um, north. <laughs> but, like, at, you know, at there, he's not, he's not been to war. He's been at Winterfell his whole, like, pretty much his whole life, you know? He's just been living in a castle, hasn't seen war. He doesn't really know all these little things yet. Um, no, yeah, he respects that. Well, And that's the thing is that, like, while he has a distaste for it, he recognizes it as a necessary evil, I think. Yeah. You know, obviously, he uh, he recognizes that it's something he has to do. It's not something he wants to do. He, he literally yeah. put it off for as long as he could before deciding mm-hmm. he would march south. And, uh... Ultimately, I think he made the choice he had to make, but yeah. Similar to what John does. <laughs> for sure. For sure. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, there's, there's no word making it out of the twins. They're, they're trying to keep that shit wrapped the fuck up. Um, but to enter the castle would be, uh, a bit of a stretch for Rob. Uh, so Catelyn is like, you know what? I'll do it. And, you know, I'm a, I'm gonna be watching Catelyn close for the next couple seasons because uh she's a fucking G. Uh, she went yeah. in there and you know whether she got the best deal. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't she know if got the deal that killed them yeah. all. Yeah. Ah, fuck. Yeah. Man. yeah. Um, you think, do you think like what if yeah. Rob does go in there first? Does Walter Frey act exactly like he does now? And he's like, I still don't give a crap about you. Like. Man, you know, good enough on you to come in here yourself, but like, I think what Walter give says a crap, here, like, where he's like a Lannister, Baratheon, Stark, Tully. Why should I spend a second thinking about any of you? You know, like, um, <laughs> and talk about like, a repulsive he, guy, though. Oh, oh my god, Lord. what an icky, icky motherfucker, dude. That's disgusting. Yeah. Like in. Uh, yeah, and like incest and stuff is is like we see it with Targaryens and you know a little bit everywhere else. But this dude, um, this dude's just just keeping it in the family, and it, it's it's only like every, is is every single person in there his kid? I think every I think every it's... single person in there I think is his kid. Yeah, every single person father. Everyone calls him father. Everyone. I did not realize this the first. Go around. His yeah, whole house is his children. No, yeah, like when like, Arya comes through and slaughters them all. 
she kills the Frey. Like that's the thing that's crazy about Arya destroying House Frey is that there are so fucking many of them. Yeah, and she kills all of them. All of you know, them. like uh, them into a pie. Dude, mm. no, but uh, whenever whenever they were about to head in there, and Catelyn's like, uh, he would never harm me. You know, he's he's been my father's bannerman for years. He would never harm me. Uh, it everything everything will be just fine. Uh, yeah, come two seasons from now, exactly. You're you're absolutely yeah. fucked. I think that's yeah. the Starks' just main weakness. They they see they're you know they see the good in people too much. They don't they don't uh, right. They, they don't they, think they, of the evil that people can commit. They, they don't think of just like how cutthroat this game. Of th- like sometimes I feel like they they're like they're like sometimes they're like oh you know crown uh, could have it could not. There's somebody coming for that goddamn crap. They want it. Always is. Always is. <laughs> Always gotta, is. You got to You got to be ready. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like someone literally goes, he would never. She was like, he would never harm me. And then someone was like, he would if there was profit in it. Mm-hmm. And literally, yep. he harms them when there's profit in it. When there's uh, profit like, I was, I was just floored by the amount of foreshadowing this episode had, um, which was intentional. Like, th- these are not the ones that just like, oh, well, it happened to work out like that. No, like they knew what they were going to be doing in oh, two yeah. or three seasons. And that's the and- thing is that that's the the amazing thing about the show is that you can watch it first, and these lines mean nothing to you. The first watch, really. It's just filler lines, like almost. And then you rewatch it, and you're like, oh my god, every single line matters. Like, every yeah. single line. It, it relates to something. Or it shows how the char- why the character made that decision a little later on more fulfilling. You know, or something. It's like, there's always something more that you can get out of the show. And it's yeah. just, like, that's, that's the thing that I think is what is making me realize why this season is held in such high esteem. Like, it's... You, it's it's not just the first watch that's so good. It is every watch after that just gets even better, like over time. Because yeah, once you like have like I don't know, I'm I'm just have so much of a better understanding of the Game of Thrones universe now through this watch. Like I'm understanding way more. Like I'm gonna be honest, I didn't catch like probably seventy percent of Game lot. of Thrones. It's a lot, like, no, and watch. like you wouldn't be alone in that. Like to have the comprehension necessary to know exactly everything that's going on at any given time, the first time you watch the show, you got to be some sort of mega fucking genius, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I think you have to be doing what we're doing right now. You have to yeah. actually be breaking down every episode, like and talking about it in detail, like in order to get it on a every first watch. Yeah, one hundred percent. But. uh she ultimately does get to go inside to the to the house Frey and finds Lord Walter Frey has not yet taken up arms. Uh, yes, I swore some oaths. I said some words. Uh, and when he uh, when called up, he says he had been pre- preparing to march and was just waiting for all his forces to arrive. But uh, really, he was just waiting to see if the Starks would beat the Lannisters or if the Lannisters would beat the Starks. And he was just going to do whatever the fuck based off that. And yep. uh now, as the as the Tully's army has been defeated and River Run is held by the Lannisters, he's like, uh, "Why now must I help you guys? It doesn't make a lot of sense. You're taking a, I I swore some oaths to you, sure, but I also swore some oaths to the king, and now Joffrey's the king. Y'all are traitors. So what's what's up? Uh, <laughs> and uh, 
all the while smacking his 15 year old wife's ass and uh just being just that... the most disgusting motherfucker alive so that's his not only his 15 year old wife it's a 15 year old daughter wife right daughter daughter yeah like is that daughter. how story works i couldn't remember if it yeah, was like yeah. i'm pretty sure well, i'm pretty I, sure maybe it's just... his granddaughters is it is it granddaughters or daughters? No, yeah no I think that's well. It's either a, a granddaughter or a daughter. He just takes literally. He just if any woman is fertile, he like he. That's all he does. That is all he does. Like looking like that's that's it. Every single person in that room calls him father, not grand. I don't know. I don't think someone called him. I don't know. Maybe that's just a house fray thing. But I think everyone is his kid or like grandkid, and then he has kids with his grandkids and all the in-between. So, Like, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, we need to go ahead and put Walter Frey, like, I know this is a fictional character, but just in case, we need to go ahead and get him on a list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This, this man, like, that's the thing. This is the extreme of the Game of Thrones universe. You know, this is, like, yeah. the extreme house that takes it to the ultimate level. This is... um I guess maybe disgusting. Yeah, no. It's I can't uh can't Yo, wait to I have Arya. Still, your, your mother would still be a milkmaid had I not squirted you into her belly. Uh, what the uh, fuck? Uh, <laughs> you disgusting little man, you Yeah, no. That yeah, dude just sucks. <laughs> dude uh, sucks. But uh Yeah, so uh they they go ahead and negotiate for a while, and uh, they they strike a deal. The phrase will join Rob's cause, allow him to cross and commit troops to his army. But what else? Arya must marry one of Walder's sons, and you will have to marry one of his daughters when the fighting is over. The way that Theon starts giggling and he's like, did you, did you see his daughters? And Catelyn's like, yeah, one was. <laughs> see, this is, this is a deal with the literal devil and they didn't know. But at the same time, you gotta know. How do you walk into a place like Walder Frey's house and be like. She says to him. If you want to cross, you have to take this deal. And if they don't cross, there's no way they have any chance of winning anything. They'd get I think there was anything. another. I think there was another option. I think like they actually just take the twins. They didn't ever think of yeah. just actually. Yeah, that was my other idea. Through, like they was, were like, "This is the only option. We have to take this." Deal. But like, I don't think a takes... there. Like I don't know. Like the twins is powerful, sure. and it's and it's like just. In its bridge, like you, it is funneling people. That is like very strategic. That's the point of the twins. But like the Starks had so much more men that it would not have mattered. They would have taken some losses, sure, but like it's that important, you know. And that yeah. he's, I, but I don't think a, this is this is a moment where I feel like Rob, at moments like John, was not serious about being king because I don't think a Daenerys would not take the twins if they're making these kinds of demands like that's you're just like did. yeah that's what we'll find throughout the course of this watch is the way she rules is the opposite of what rob did here yeah mm -hmm. 
uh, she's like, these are my terms. You will agree to them or your land is mine. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. It's that simple. Like, uh, yeah. and it's, it's effective as a conqueror. Mm hmm. Uh, it is. But that's like Rob gives that speech later and he's like, uh, one victory does not make us conquerors. You know, like he's like, that's not, that's not what I'm here to do. Like his goals, he makes them clear. I'm here to free my dad and get my sisters from the queen. I don't give a shit about anything else. Like, yeah. uh, but then he also, know, he relates it back to everyone and he's like, and to release the crown from the tyranny and from all of the, the suppression and everything that you know, it's, it's, I think he says like, Obviously, why I'm doing this is for my family, yes, but then you, you're, you're coming because of your oaths, but also to, to free the crown. You know, it's, it's for a fight for, for like democracy, you know, or for, not, I guess not well, democracy, uh, for, uh, from the kingdoms, for a different monarchy. Yeah. Well, to be, yeah. to be their own kingdom and not be incorporated with, like, I guess that's what's cool about this is that's what they end up getting with Bran on the throne. Uh, they go ahead and let the North be the North. Sansa's queen in the North, and that's it. Starks um, really do rule, huh? Yeah, yeah no, they, 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 they hold they, a uh, lot. And like you realize, sweep. you realize a lot about just how much that means. They really won. Like, man, it really seems like the Lannisters won, like overall. But it was really just for the like span of the show. But like, mm -hmm. as far as the reign. See, the ending, but why, yeah. Why is it? Why is it so much harder to kill Cersei than it is to kill Rob Stark? Why is it so much harder to kill like Cersei's smart? I win. She doesn't let anything get by. She yeah. assumes the worst in everyone. Like, yeah, yeah. She's no, the ultimate, like ultimate. Like I'm not going to let anything happen to me. Yeah. Like literally, when she was going to die, she went ahead and blew up a building of everybody in the. Everybody that was mm -hmm. like important in the city at the time. Yeah, right. She did blow up that entire. Yep. And I'm like, like, if this, this is Cersei here at this at this crossing, she goes, then fuck yeah, let's go ahead and destroy these motherfuckers. Like, there's there's yeah. there's no reason for us to make deals when we could so thoroughly dominate them. And like, that's the thing yeah. is that Rob has more respect for the long standing houses and stuff. You know, like Catelyn mentions that. You know, phrase the phrase have ruled the the twins for hundreds hundreds of years, centuries. You know, like uh, and like it's it's brought up throughout the show that that is usually what influences choices as to whether or not fuck with a house is how long they've been standing, and that's something Daenerys doesn't give a fuck about later on. Whenever she's got uh, Samuel Tarly's dad and brother there, and Tyrion's like. No, wait, wait, wait. Like, they are a long-standing house. Do not end a house that has lived for centuries, like, just like that. And she's like, I gave them the choice, you know? Like, this had to yeah, be done. We had to, we, yeah. And, I mean, it's just like, I feel like that that kind of resolve um, is obviously corrupting. But like, how is how is the resolve of the Starks not equally corrupting? Sure, they get a new chance, but they also have like literally destroyed everything that their family they had to destroy, or every I guess everything this family stood for was destroyed in them 
ultimately sticking to their morals, you know. Uh, no, yeah, and, which is like it's it's not corrupting necessarily, but it is house destroying. Like them being nice ruined them. Yeah, like it they did. Were, they they got absolutely fucked because they were nice people. Um, like I mean, that's sad. <laughs> No, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's real. It's really sad. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I mean, it, it wins them a battle for today. Um, but uh, they'll all be wiped out, save for a few of them here in a couple seasons. So, uh, this is next. Uh, <laughs> the Lannister <laughs> army is preparing for battle, and Tywin is telling his son Tyrion that he means to use the Hill Tribe forces to give them an edge against the Stark army, so they will be in the vanguard. <laughs> and Tyrion's like, surely there is a way to kill me that is less detrimental to the war effort. <laughs> I love that he's like, dude, if you uh, want to kill me, just fucking kill me, but you ain't got to right. sacrifice the war for me. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Tyrion goes ahead and storms on out, and uh, he goes he goes back to his tent to find that Bronn has found him a uh, a, a companion for the evening. Mm. named Shay. Uh here she and is. I was like I was like holy shit, Shay's in season 1. Shay, yep. That's mm. nuts. Like mm. I thought like literally if she's showing up in the penultimate episode of season 1 and the Starks die in the penultimate episode of season 3 and she dies in the last episode of season 4, she is she's literally in the show for a longer span than Rob Stark and Catelyn Stark for like maybe one or two more episodes. Like it's ba- barely yeah. anything more, yeah. but it is longer, which is like crazy. And I didn't ar- even arguably, arguably plays just like plays a similarly important role. Um, yeah. In that, in that she, she's kind of the part of the end game when it comes to what Catelyn and Rob were fighting for in a way they were at war with Tywin and like mm-hmm. amongst other people, but at, with Tywin, um, predominantly no yeah and like I, I loved watching this scene with it in my head that this is a like this is the beginning of a love story mm-hmm. which is uh it's and it's so fucking sad to hear like to to see the start of it i'm like oh this is really cute i'm seeing the start of Tyrion and shay i'm like oh this is this is awesome and then i'm like for as oh, long as i am with now you, there will no no harm will befall you mm. The moment I ask that you do not lay with another man for as long as we are together, lays with his father, bro. We can't even conceive of the transgression no, that happened. No harm will come come to you for as long as we are together. The moment they're not together anymore, he strangles her ass. You know, like a. Damn. No, Holy shit. There are a lot of lines that are just like, oh man, this is oh yeah. no. Fuck. <laughs> she did get a lot of gold though in the meantime though. She did. She did get a lot of gold. That it was more. overflowing out of her hands and falling onto the floor. Uh um, that was that was heartbreaking. Yeah. Oh, just... that's that's a tough one. And we'll we'll get there here in a second. But uh Tyrion does uh, take an immediate I guess life to be before there. I did wanna just quickly my favorite line almost came from Tyrion whenever he first entered the tent. 
and when he was rambling about uh like like whatever the the moon brother or like he says ferocious oh, yeah. a moon brother stabbed a stone crow over a sausage three stone crows seized him or seized the moon brother and opened his throat Braun managed to keep Shaga from chopping off the dead man's cock, which was fortunate, but even still, Ulf is demanding blood money, which Shaga and Gunther <laughs> refused to pay. Like, the way he said all their names, too, like, the delivery that he had of that line. Like, In the way time... Tywin's like, well, if there is discord amongst your soldiers, it is your fault. And he's like, he's like, fuck you, you know that's not yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I just love Peter Dinklage. Um, like he doesn't earn the performance not of this episode. Like um, he doesn't earn. I don't. I don't think he's he's getting the line either here. But like I just, um, he's awesome. He's just a really funny part of the show, and I think he like just adds just a whole different oh, dynamic had, to the show. Well, he's that got so many dimensions. Like uh, in this this episode particularly, I think we see a lot more sides of Tyrion than we have in episodes past you know like he he could get the performance not in this episode and that's uh, actually now that i think about it like i mean like i gave mine to sean bean as ned stark because of the uh the first scene in this episode and the last scene in this episode which are the only episode which are the only scenes he's in uh but like the the things he does with those scenes are fucking crazy like he's incredible you know what? I guess me, I gave the performance and the character nod to Ned um, and Sean Bean. Um, but I think really the character nod goes to Tyrion here mm -hmm. for how much character development we actually got with him. Because Ned, you don't really, I mean, yeah, he dies. And honestly, the only thing that happens to his character is he gets publicly shamed and his reputation is ruined in the in the eyes of the public. So, like, is that really the character moment I want to remember for Ned? You know, I don't know. Um, yeah. It is for me, and I will get there whenever we get to that storyline. Um, but I will save it for when we get there. Mm, I guess it is for one reason, and that reason is good enough. Shit. Okay, I, I'll wait till the end of the episode to declare my favorites, Fire. I think, actually. I get you. Um, but yeah. uh yeah they uh Tyrion and Shay spend the night together and uh they go into to battle the next morning he's like fuck me like it's my last night on this earth and uh, <laughs> damn near and, was and there it was uh Bron Bron goes off find finds a woman for himself I love how uh, Bron is just sitting there as like they start or I guess that's yeah. that's after that's a little later but uh that, yeah, never mind that's after oh yeah that, man oh okay yeah, they fuck a lot, I guess. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, they go ahead and fuck here. And then and then Braun comes back when they're done and they keep hanging out. Um Tyrion, Tyrion Braun, and Shay then play a drinking game the night before the battle. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Tyrion makes observations, and if he is correct, the person has to drink. And he guesses correctly for Braun that he has been beyond just... the wall. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I was I like, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I know. Like, I, I don't. It's never important, you know. Like, it never yeah. comes back up or anything. He was just but a like, badass. Yeah, Bronze what brought just... you up there? Work. <laughs> okay. What the cool. Fuck, were you doing up there, homie? Yeah. Uh, I bet your father hit you, but my mother hit harder. God, yeah, I love Ron. Ron is oh, just Bronze the coolest. Like he was. He was so close. Cool. You know, I had to give. I had to give my character nod to Ned Stark. 
But I was like, if there's a character in this episode who like genuinely personality wise, I just love everything about it's Braun. Uh, yes, just fucking... a real life person today in Game of Thrones. Like if you threw a real life person that just didn't give a fuck about anything, yeah. just like All right, there you go, go go in Game of Thrones world. It's like he literally just does whatever's good for him. And it works out pretty well for him, you know? I mean, like... You killed your first man before you were 12. She was a woman. (laughs) Yeah, he had everything. He had to come back for every single thing. Like, everything that that Tyrion was laying on him. He's like, well, nope, it was a woman. Well, actually, my mother hit harder. Well, actually, um, yeah, I went to the... Well, I guess the wall was... Shay looks at him in disgust when when he's like, she was a woman. And she's like, she swung an axe at me. Like, what what the fuck do you want me to do? Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I mean, I mean, if uh, I'm not gonna lie, if someone swings an axe at me and I have a weapon in my hand and I'm good with it, I'm probably killing them. To do at that point, Uh, but uh, Tyrion uh, then turns his sights to Shay. Um, Any guesses? Your mother was a whore. Drink. Okay. Um, Your father left when you were very little, never to return. Drink. Have we established the rules? Yeah. Of lying? He immediately asks, "Your mother or your father didn't leave you, and your mother wasn't a whore." Okay, now you have to be lying. He You're literally he, he right asks two questions, and he's like, "Okay, hold yeah. on." <laughs> um, I was like, "Damn, Tyrion." <laughs> I guess he's getting drunk though, which I didn't realize is that she was getting him drunk so that he would tell his story mm-hmm. because yeah. I didn't notice that, like. He gets drunk. He gets like, actually gradually yeah. more drunk as the scene goes on. And it's very it's beautiful and it's with how the story goes. Peter like, Dinklage very good in this role. Like every mm-hmm. time he takes a drink, his speech starts to do that a little bit more. And, and do you know what's amazing? Why he gets drunk? It's because he's actually feeling love again, and he's feeling like vulnerable. Because the last oh. time that he got drunk was whenever he was sixteen, and all this was set up for him. Whatever he actually drunk got drunk, love. and he says he's literally like. Um, it, it, uh, imagine a day where wine would actually affect me and it's affecting him yeah. right then and there. You know, it's like, yeah. it's, yeah. it's, I don't know. It's, it was just a really cool, like, it, it, I don't know. It's crazy that in Tyrion, like the, the character of Tyrion, that's why like, I'm, I don't know. I'm maybe thinking of him replacing Ned because Ned's like the obvious choice. Like yeah. obviously this episode, which is probably why I have to go with Ned, you know, yeah. but like, I'm, I'm it's trying to on with Ned, yeah. man. We got, we got have Tyrion the true. rest of the show. That's true. Uh, that's right. true. But, uh, yeah, Tyrion can't read Shay, and it's kind of making him, like, really like her more because that's been his whole bag, is being able to read people <laughs> and know what they want and uh, uh, being able to promise them things that he may or may not be able to deliver on. And uh, he was, it, and that was, uh, it, it's, it's really, it's really drawing him in. But, uh, Braun reveals, to uh to Tyrion or to Shay that uh our little lord here was once married and he's like how the fuck did you know that well I fight in the Lannister army <laughs> and uh I play dice with a lot of them and they talk and uh they talk they're like uh so what what happened there and he's like ah yeah y'all don't want to y'all don't want to hear that one that's a rough one that's a real bad one uh, and Bron and Cher- Bron's like, I bet me and the lady here could tell far worse stories than what you have for us. And he's like, <laughs> fair enough. Let's get it then. He explains that when he was 16, he and Jamie were out on a ride near Casterly Rock when a young common girl was uh, fleeing from a couple of uh, gentlemen. 
bandits uh, trying to sexually assault the woman. And while Jamie chased off those gentlemen, Tyrion comforted, comforted the girl, took her to heal her and give her some food and drink, uh, whose name was Tysha. And uh, they ended up getting drunk at a local inn, and she became so en- he became so enamored with her that Tyrion felt like he wasn't uh, an ugly dwarf anymore. Later that night, she had sex with Tyrion, the first time he was ever with a woman, and Tyrion was putty in her hands, absolutely in love. And uh, they bribed a drunken priest to marry them in secret. Uh, and two weeks later, this this Septon sobered up and told Tywin. Uh, Tywin found out. Uh, and Tywin thus made Jamie tell the truth that the girl was a prostitute. Jamie set the situation up to do something nice for his little brother. Uh, and uh, the way this scene like cuts to Braun every once in a while just sitting there like Ooh. That's like Braun his, just his, his mouth is open. He's looking down. He's not making eye contact. He's Braun like, is the I audience. Can't believe I made literally. you tell the story. Yeah, Braun yeah. is the audience. He is literally a person from today in the show. You look at him, we're doing the same thing while like I'm doing the same thing yeah. Braun's doing while I'm watching. I'm like, eesh. Mm. You know, like, and I'm having like it's like oof. And then he just keeps going. It's like it just gets worse. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, so I mean, the girl was a prostitute. Jamie set the whole thing up, and then uh, Tywin brought the girl in and instructed his guards to have sex with her. She was paid very handsomely, a silver coin for each man. And uh, I, I was forced to watch. Tyrion says, another cut back to Bronn, just like, oh god, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. What do you do? What do you say? Yeah, that's uh, that's a rough one, and. Uh, He's like, uh, yep. Yeah, she was. She had so many partners. A silver coin for each man. She had so many in her hands that they were overflowing and falling onto the floor. Jesus, it's a lot of men. It's a lot of dudes. It's a lot of dudes. The uh, Lannister army is large, extensive. Many sadly. a man. Many a man. But uh, Shay's like, you're a fucking dummy, dude. Yeah, uh, you should have known did. that that woman was a uh, was a was a whore. And he's like, I was young and dumb. Like I, I don't. And she was, she was like, a woman doesn't invite another man into her bed two hours after there was an attempted rape on her. It's just not a thing that happens. And he's uh, like, like I said, I'm not saying I was smart about it. Yeah. Damn, Shay. Yeah, no, she's not very helpful like, here. Um, he was sixteen. It's like he, he hasn't thought done. about this, though, you know? Like, he's obviously thought of this. He thinks about it all the time, I'd assume. Okay. It's, he's probably like, man, I was so dumb. It's, it's probably the one thing, he, like, I was so stupid. And, like, if I just was a little bit smarter, this wouldn't have happened. And that's probably why he takes to his wits so much, is that he made a mistake there. He it, Because of his wits, his a life was ruined a, so much. A mind yeah. needs books yeah, it's like, like a sword needs a whetstone. Mm. And yeah, he's after that moment, he wasn't going to let anyone outsmart him or let his wits get the best of him. him. Um, So Shay does go ahead and try to ease the pain. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. She she mounts him and starts kissing him and Braun going, whoa. And then like gets up and walks on out of the tent. Braun a real one for that, bro, man. I'm not making a comment. 
just getting up and leaving. Like not being yeah. like, okay, y'all have fun. He's just like, barely. Yeah. Tyrion, Tyrion's like so broken. He's so sad after telling the story. And then he's like, yeah, as I said, like, I'm just, I was so dumb. And then Shay just goes, you're still dumb. And then climbs on top of it. It's like, it's like, how do you feel as Tyrion there? You know, you're like, oh my god, like, I just, like, yeah, sure, whatever. I guess I am going into battle tomorrow, so like, whatever. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, just seeing Braun just, just be a bro, you know. I don't know. It's just, oh man, this is up there for favorite scene. I absolutely loved this whole this whole interaction. Uh, but uh, they were just hanging out. Yeah, they were just hanging out. Um, but, but uh, yeah. The next morning, the Lannister army finds that the Starks have stolen a march on them. They're a mile north when Bronn comes to wake him up, and uh, they're about to be attacked and have to. They're about to be attacked and have to prepare. And uh, you know he gets all armored up. He's ready. I love the way that last night. I don't know if you noticed the in that scene. The whole throughout the whole game, Shay is wearing the. The, the Tyrion's like, like leather vest here, mm-hmm. which I absolutely love. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I just needed to note that real quick. But uh, he goes ahead. He heads out to his tribesmen. He goes, "Hill tribesmen, gather round." <laughs> he gives them a rousing speech. I'm like, how did Tyrion end up giving the the hype speech? Like, I did not He's the commander expect of the tribesmen, Tyrion to man. be the middle. Well, and of I the love the way that they're like. They're like, fuck yeah, half man, half man, yeah. half man. They're like, I love this guy. You know, Tyrion's yeah. even. Like, he's kind of like, okay, I could, I, like, could, I could, I could like this. this. And then, <laughs> yeah, they start charging into battle. Literally gets taken out by one of its own. hammer. <laughs> one of his own people. <laughs> you know, we we were uh, we talked about this in like a episode before we were like yeah he goes into battle but like does he get hit right when he gets into battle we were like debating on how we got hit we couldn't really remember and i love that it's like literally not even in the battle whatsoever like it is literally in the hype speech as they're running to like like i don't know it's it's before the battle even started which is hilarious yeah Yeah. um just makes it even better but like but no he gave gave him the speech that needed to be said and hey look look what happened you know and they dominated. I mean, for other reasons, but uh, they're supposed to. Um, yeah, he uh, he regains consciousness on the back of a wagon, and Bronze like, "Hey, look at you! You're awake." Calls him a shit warrior. That's the first thing he hears when he wakes up. You're a shit warrior. warrior. <laughs> like, and, uh, yeah. goes, "Did we win?" And Bronze like, "We wouldn't be having this conversation if we didn't." Yeah. Bronze always face. just so chill. You just oh, like... he is like the fact that this dude's just a sellsword. Yeah, no, like he's like excited to freaking put his life on the line. I don't understand it. I couldn't understand it. Like, basically, I'm like, the genre of Game fearless. of Thrones. Yeah, I like just Mando yeah. of Game yeah. of Thrones universe. He loves, he loves fighting and fucking, and he's gonna do anything he can to fight and fuck. That's yeah. that's his that's his plan. If Mando Which, was more of a pimp, of the other missions in the Game of Thrones world, hey, I mean, hey, hey, hey I mean, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Yeah, like a woman after a fight, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the Bron, Bron's like, "Yep, we won." We and like, I'm just like, it's so funny to watch him proclaim we, like we yeah. won. Like, I don't know, it's just so interesting to me. Like, I'm like, you you fight with when you fight with someone though in battle, that's like that's a bonding experience unlike any other. I feel kill people right next to you, shit. 
that's so someone like Braun, that's like he's found some new brothers um, to him. So I don't know. That's 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 like they're probably a favorite hobby of people. Like it's probably a hobby to go to war for most people. Like for some, right? No, but I love the way that uh, Tyrion's like. uh, So yeah, we won. That's great. And Tywin's like, yeah, not so great. Uh, It wasn't twenty thousand men. It was two thousand. That came and marched down on us, uh, and he's like, uh, "What about what about the boy Rob, Rob Stark?" And he's like, "He wasn't here. Where was he? With his other eighteen thousand men." <laughs> and, uh, like the first time I watch, every time I watch this, I'm like, "Oh, fuck, yes!" Yeah. Whenever they cut to Catelyn and Sir Roderick oh, out in the woodlands. Yeah. Yeah, you're already screaming King in the North when he's riding, yeah. and you see his face is all battles, you know, just yeah. all roughed up, and you're just like, the he's fucking on, King he's on of the, the North. only white horse, you know, like yeah. he he stands out, he's riding strong, the White Wolf, like, yeah, and then you see them toss Sir Jamie Lannister at the feet of Catelyn Stark, and it's like, yes, they've lifts, they've lifted the siege of River Run, and uh, Jamie's army's been fucked up, like. Thir- like half their army, thirty thousand men. That's what they sent to besiege River Run. The amount that they just evened out the odds is crazy. Yeah, like because I don't think it, I've it ever really 18, thought about yeah. how crucial this was. It was eighteen thousand people total that the Starks had. They didn't even have twenty thousand, no, but they had eighteen thousand. Rob just sent two thousand to die. They're at sixteen thousand now. Stark, Lannister. They said there were sixty thousand strong. And 30,000 were besieging River Run. That's like... That's insane. That's huge. Yeah, that's that's nuts. And they have Jamie, Like, and they have a living Lannister that is actually it's important to like, Tywin. That is actually a massive victory. It's, yeah. uh, it's gigantic. And Jamie's like, uh, you know what, Rob? Let's fucking do this. We could end the war right now, prevent any further bloodshed. Me versus you. Sword. Teeth. Fists, whatever the fuck you want, me versus you, let's do it. Pick your weapon, let's get it on. And Rob's like, if we did it your way, you would win. You would win. We're not doing it your way. I was like, ah, I fucking love this guy. God, it just like, this scene just reminded me how much it hurts. Yeah. When he dies. Yeah, because even after he says everything badass, everyone behind him is like, yeah like cheery behind him you know like after he says like that like we're not doing it yeah. your way the army's like yeah <laughs> even though, like, like uh, everyone's listening and this is like the biggest this is so hype for them they're witnessing history right in front of the rise war you know and yeah. you're like let's fucking go dude the way that he's like uh he just like looks down at his hands and he's like i sent two thousand men to their deaths today no because you know? that's that is the real thing that you have to consider, which is like, even at the the price of this, vi- like, what did this victory drive us to? Like, I had to sacrifice two thousand of, of thousand. My own men. Like, and that was that was what I thought of as soon. Like, I was like, because I didn't remember the lines of dialogue necessarily. I did remember that he was like a, like as soon as they were like, there were two thousand men here. I was like, oh damn. Like, all 2,000 of those men knew they were going to die. Yeah. 
No, it's like, weird. Those insane. are yeah. fucking real ones. Yeah. Like the fact that they were just like for the for the north. You know, like that's nuts. Yeah. Like respect. So wait, so the two thousand men went to go die. That's that's known. What so so Rob took was it the entirety of his other army to go? I think so. So it was it was yeah. everyone else. So it was everyone else. It wasn't like he took X amount of his army. No, nah, I think it was like we'll need as like, many as we can because everyone like and they 000. wiped. Yeah, okay. Man, I don't know. It's it's so cool to think of like the just the war moves. You know, like as like a turn based game. You know, it's like yeah. uh, I don't know. Kind of like just thinking of what what's happening in the in the big like the big picture. No, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, oh, Rob then addresses addresses his men, uh, telling them that uh, they have won a great victory, but the war is far from over. They have not done what they've set out to do, but they will, and this was a good first step. Uh, but uh, oh yes, the, um, the the interactive map um, for Game of Thrones that's really awesome. That like shows you can go for every episode to see where mm-hmm. someone has traveled. Right. Um, and Rob, it just shows, you know, through episode nine, it shows him just, um, going down to River Run. Um, it's just really cool, like going down to River Run. Um, oh, fuck yeah. And, and he's, they're at the, the Whispering Wood yeah, right now. Battle of the Whispering. Yeah. That's, that's, that's where they're at right now. So it's, it's crazy how like detailed, a, like everything like a is. Map. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. They, they passed down Fair Market and then entered the Whispering Wood past the Red Fork, um, and into River Run, um, that's obviously, cool. um, you know, passing through, um, the twins and, um, Old Son, Old Sons. Um, so yeah. Obviously, yeah, we all Fair know enough. these places. We all know these yeah, places, of course. <laughs> but uh, that does conclude the story in the Riverlands, and therein we head to the Wall, where Lord Commander Gior Mormont grants Jon Snow Longclaw. He had the pommel replaced with a wolf oh. instead of a bear, and uh, it's a it's a thanks for saving his life from the from the living dead, and. Uh, you know, he, he reinstates John to his former position and tells him that he sent Alistair Thorne far, far away so that uh, that he can take a break from that piece of shit. Um, and, like, it was... I forgot that he gets Longclaw this early. I don't... I, didn't, I was like, oh, man, like, it, that's what it took. He, you know, saved his life once. He was like, well, shit, my son's not here. Fuck it. I'll go ahead and give it to John. Uh, and what's even cooler is that John eventually offers this sword back to Jorah whenever That's they fight right. together at the Battle of Winterfell. Before oh. that battle, he goes up to him and goes, "This was your father's. He took like he gave it to me. I would like to give it back to you." And he's like, That's "He refuses yours, it, doesn't it? Yeah." Yep. He goes, "That's yours, man. <laughs> I disgraced my family long ago. I'm good." I'm good. Uh, man, that's that. That's Oops. crazy that like uh. Like hearing it now and fully realizing, like, because I remember my first watches, I did not put the connection of Jorah and like Gior, yeah, um, yeah, like at all. I like not at all. Even hearing their last names, like all the time, like I did not yeah, put the put them the together. Um, but then like now, like how they were like, yeah, he disgraced our house and he had to leave. Like that was the, like it, it's cool. Like House Mormont's like pretty 
pretty sick. It seems like they're another uh, pretty. Well, I mean, you got little cool lady house. Mormont later on in the show, who's an absolute fucking badass. Yeah, they're all ballers. Like they're all it's, dope. And they're Jor- all dope. Joro's good. He just you know had one. He fucked up like, once. Ah, he fucked up once. Damn it, Jorah! Like what, man? Come on, Jor. <laughs> you were doing on, so homie. good. You were doing so uh, good. And ah. but uh, Mormont explains to John that Longclaw was meant for his for his own son Jorah, but uh, disgraced himself and fled into exile. He was nice enough to leave the sword behind. And uh, Joe, uh, John goes on to the uh, dining hall, and the other recruits are like, "Oh shit! What's up? Let me see it!" Like, uh, I want to see it in the moment. <laughs> yeah, they hold it up like in the fire, looking at the pommel and everything. The way that like he has someone yeah. else hold the fucking like uh, the, yeah. the whole th- he just and he holds no, they're it up literally for them. like little kids like at a summer <laughs> camp. <laughs> well, what's really interesting to me is that like they all knew he was gonna get this sword. Mm. Yeah, they were like, "Come on now, let me see it." You know, like uh, I I don't know, I don't know if they were like, "Well, clearly this man's gonna get a reward uh, for what he did," because he's like getting congratulated all the way there. They're like, "You earned that snow, good shit, buddy. Yeah. You're a real one." And uh, so maybe they just knew he was he was getting rewarded. Maybe they didn't know specifically what with, but uh, maybe they saw the pommel and were like, "Oh shit, mm. that looks like that." Uh, but uh. Nevertheless, Samuel Tarley seems uh, a bit distant from all the celebration, and Sam's like, uh, I really shouldn't say, and John's like, yet you really want to say, and he, t- he tells him of Rob leading an army south, and John's like, I should be there. Like, it's ridiculous that I'm not there. What the fuck? Imagine and, uh, he does leave, like, right now, go set, like, what? I don't know, that'd be nuts. Different, different world. Like, because that's the thing. Is that a normal person that is, um, what's the word whenever you leave? Like, there's a deserter. word. For, yeah, deserter. Like, normal deserters, they just get killed and beheaded, you know? Like, we saw the the guy at the very beginning of the show. Like, it's like he had no chance. He knew he was going to get beheaded, you know? But, like, but John is John. Nah. You know, like. I don't think that matters. No. I know, but, like, he has more of a chance of defending himself. He's like, no, I have to fight for I have to get to my brother. Once I get to my brother, then I'm good. I don't know. Like, oh. do, what do you, you don't think? No, Rob, Rob does it. You Rob, think? Rob, yeah. He's a Nightwatch. He is a, a man of. Deserter. He's Ned Stark's son. He breaks an oath. It would have been absolutely devastating. Yeah. Rob would have done it though. Like, uh, he's a man of honor. Man who passes no. the sentence shall swing the sword, man. Oh it's no! Way it is. I'm glad it yeah. didn't happen that way. Oh yeah, okay. very yeah. glad. Yeah, very glad. Ooh, okay. Um. <laughs> or maybe that's the first step in Rob. You know, because he does break his marital oath and goes ahead and marries someone else. Maybe this is the first little gap in his armor. You know. Um. Mm. But uh, regardless, John doesn't leave. He can't leave. Uh, and Maester Aemon goes ahead and. Calls him on over to tell to tell him that uh, his duty to the Night's Watch comes first, uh, and to John's surprise, Amon begins telling him a story about uh, about his full his full life. You know, uh, he's like, "I was the son of Maka, and my brother became king after him when I refused the throne." Yeah, I was like, this... "Wait a fucking minute." <laughs> We're dealing with two 
rightful heirs to the Iron Throne right now. Mm-hmm. Amen. Having interaction right here. Yeah. yeah. And Both no. of which refuse that duty, which my, is so fucking cool. That's why my favorite line might actually come from Maester Aemon. Um, and it's when he says, um, I am, I am master of the Citadel, which is interesting because like, aren't they not supposed to have like any titles at all? I guess there's like Lord Commander of the Night's Watch and everything, but like, I don't know. No, yeah, he's, the, a, he's a maester. He's a maester. But he's like, the grand. He's the, the maester. Oh, that's right. He's just a maester of the Citadel. Oh, that's right. I thought, I don't know why I thought it was like, he was the master maester for some reason. Oh, no. Um, yeah, he's just a anyway. maester. But he says, like, he was bound in service to Castle Black and the Night's Watch, and I will not tell you to stay or go. You have to make that choice yourself and live with it for the rest of your days as I have. That might – it's either that line or a line that said later on. Um, Dude, whenever whenever it starts and he's but, like, uh, the gods saw fit to uh, punish me, you know, whenever they were – like, they tested me when I was old mm. and frail. When I heard – that mm. they were slaughtering my family, they were killing my brother's sons and their sons, and John's like, "Who are you?" Wait a minute, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute, who are you? Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I love it. He's like uh, the son of a king, brother to another, and the uncle of the Mad King. Uh, Amon had to, you know, stand aside and do nothing, as. Uh, and like the way he's like, he's like still pissed about this. Oh yeah. Like he, he has a deep, deeper. And what's even cooler is that even though he does have that deep resentment, you would think that would extend to the families of the people who led the army. Ned Stark was at the head of that army. Jon Snow is Ned Stark's son. He doesn't have any, any beef. With John, he's here to he's here to yeah. talk to him. He's here to tell him how it is, and like John's hearing the story, going like, "Oh yeah, my dad led that army. Didn't yeah. lead the murder of those children, but he did lead the mm -hmm. army that did it." Um, Does you think Maester Aemon knows? No, at all, not at all. No chance of it at all. Zero. He was at Castle Black the whole fucking time, but he is. A maester. He knows everything. That's all he knows. And he's obsessed with his family's history. And it's like his current, of, you know, and he goes to the Citadel. I don't know. Um, I, it, can it be figured out? Like, how could it be figured out if with all the possible information? Because that's the thing, is that the only people that know are dead. Like, it's not written down anywhere. It's not like... Yeah, it's not written that they had a child. Yeah. It is written but, somewhere that Rhaegar was wedded in a secret ceremony. Oh. Because that's what Sam reads, and that's how they put it together. That's right. Because that's right. Bran so later on is like, oh, he's Jon Sand, not Jon Snow. Wait, and Sam's right. like, hold the fucking phone. No, he's not. No, he's not. Wait a <laughs> fucking minute. No. Uh, <laughs> it's just say that... that Sam, you think Sam was the first one to put it together? You don't think maybe um, a person who was directly in this family um, and way more passionate about it wouldn't have looked into 
Well, it's what a distinct happened? possibility, but there's no evidence that a child was born of that marriage. That's true. Yeah, that's the thing that's not written. Yeah, because like, why would he ever is- suspect? Why would he ever suspect it in the first place? Yeah, and why would he look? Um, unless he's just so obsessed with his family history that he just stumbles upon it, which is like it's never mentioned. So it's like I guess it would just be headcanon at the most. So, <laughs> no, I think it um, would be cool though if Eamon did know, and that's why he takes such a mentorship role to John throughout the show. Mm. You know, like there's an episode in like season five, I think that's titled "Kill the Boy," where he gives just an epic speech to John about how he needs to become a man, and like, uh, you need to stop doing what mm. you're doing. You need to kill the boy and become the man. And, like, it would be really cool if throughout the entire run of the show, Eamon is aware of that and does take a specific kinship to him because he's his great-nephew, great-great-nephew. Um, what if he's a dreamer? Ooh, that'd be yeah, cool. That's what he's, I was blind. he's blind. He's but blind. He's, he's a dreamer, senses. dude. You can see in other ways. He's a dreamer, man. That That's even, I don't know, that's even better. That could be cool. That could be really cool. But uh, headcanon. Yeah. That's my headcanon for right now. Eamon's a dreamer, and he knows about John through the dream, just because it's right hey, I there. Can accept that. I can accept that. He's but, uh, he's the only one that has had the dream and the reality at the same time. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And think of that. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. Well, it but always seems like he's true. looking at something. It's true. I'm th- I'm saying it as fact, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, Eamon remarks that. Uh, he cannot make John stay or go, but he must make a choice and live with the consequences of it for the rest of his life. You make a choice and you deal with those things. I can't tell you what to do. I can't tell you what to, what not to do. You're going to do what you want to do and you're going to deal with it. Uh, and that concludes the story at the wall. It was very brief scenes, but goddamn, did they wallop us with them. Those are those are yeah. good. Yeah. John gets yeah. long claw. And he get, he gets talked to by Mister Amon, like actually He's like great, great uncle, yeah. So really cool, like really cool stuff at the wall. Very um, cool shit. But uh, yeah. Next, we're with a uh, uh, a falling apart Kalasar over in Lazar, where uh, Daenerys is concerned that the wound of her husband has festered and become infected, and he uh, he falls from his horse as he struggles to stay up. And uh, uh, Quotho rides up and is like, this motherfucker ain't no call. Look at this piece of shit. He fell off his horse. That's it. He's done. Uh, and she's like, get me Miri Mazdur. Uh, and he's like, the fucking witch? I will bring you her head? Yeah. <laughs> How and about you know, that? This is like, this watch, I've like actually been like, no, it, I guess I know, you know, what she does. And like, it's like, I don't know. Did she do this to, like, did she purposely make Call's condition worse? Or did she actually try to heal that wound and then it just didn't work because medicine just sucks, you know, back then? Like, it would, I don't she know. She might have, but, like, he's riding around bare-chested with a bunch of fucking yeah. dirt around him all the time. This dude was fucked. Yeah. Was no, he was, um, he was, yeah, he was going either way. But, uh, yeah, so, Quotho's like, fucking fine. I'll go get Miri, and uh, he calls her a witch, spits on the ground, and is like, fine. Uh, but then next, uh, 
Jorah goes ahead and armors up, advises her, you know, we should leave. Drogo's going to die. There is no doubt of this. He will be dead within the night. Mm. There will be fighting. Whoever wins that fight will be call. They will not want competition and will pluck the baby from your tummy and kill you. And kill the baby. It is safest if we ride now. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Leave Drogo. Let's go. I guess I've, <clears throat> I've never thought about... Um... Like, there's kind of this, the, the lesson that Tyrion learned about his first wife um, in marriage, about how, you know, a woman doesn't invite you to bed after hours or an hour after, you know, yeah. an attempted rape. It's kind of Daenerys is inviting someone to heal the leader of the people that, uh, that ransacked and murdered and raped and absolutely demolished their village mm. or their people. Yeah. And it's like Daenerys is learning that lesson. She doesn't, she's not that compassionate in the future because of this. She well, gets this, her yeah. way, and if not, you get out of her way. Like, she yeah. makes you this get is out a of formative, her way. This is formative. And there's this line that permeates yeah. throughout this entire episode that Maester Aemon says to John: Love is the death of duty. He says that line almost immediately after we cut from Rob agreeing to marry a fray. He says that line immediately before we watch Daenerys stick by her husband's side when her duty is to get the fuck out of there. Uh, And Ned abandons duty later on in this later on in this episode in service of the love of his children. Mm. And it doesn't go well for him. It ends. It, it ends up killing him anyway. But like, uh, yeah, love is the death of duty. They all every that was the theme of this one. Everyone abandoned their duty for something they love, uh, except for Tyrion. Tyrion did the thing. Um, <laughs> but, he got uh, lucky though. He got lucky, and he even he, says, he did get I lucky. was born lucky. I was born lucky." Um, ooh, didn't even mention that, or did we mention that his? His birth is what killed his mother as well. Like, that was like a precursor to the marriage story. Um, so it was like even oh, worse. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it, oh, oh. Um, or sh- maybe Shay asked him about his mother or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because like, oh. he, he walks in and is like, yeah. oh, what did your mother call you? And she's mm, like, that's yeah. right. And oh, she, that's what before. What did your mother yeah, call right. you? He's like, she didn't call me shit. She died giving birth to me. What's up? Uh, <laughs> that's, what's right. up? that's right. That's <laughs> right. Damn. Yeah, no, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, super sad life Tyrion has led, but uh, nevertheless, Miri Mazdur here uh, promises to save Drogo's life when Daenerys goes, isn't there something you can do? Like magic? She's um, like, oh? <laughs> yeah, what's, what's funny is that like uh, I like the idea that she she just thought she was a healer and then was like uh I don't know they keep calling you a witch can you do magic can uh, you do magic <laughs> I don't like it's it, it's just such a weird leap for Daenerys to take I like I I don't think like I haven't gotten the impression up to this point that she actually believes this woman is a witch I think it's just she's so she, like, desperate because she's, she's like but it's like they're like the call will die tonight 
there's no question. And she's like, I have to do anything. What do I have? I have a witch. I, I will I'll believe in anything right now if it can save it's my husband. Magic. I think. Yeah. It's like, uh, she's just desperate. She's like a life yeah. for a life. That's how this thing works. And she's she like, even my says, life. No, no, I think she was, like, I think she was willing to, like, she was saying that she was like almost willing to, she was like, Oh, my life. Like, she was like, okay. Like I, I like in her voice, it kind of sounded like she was okay with it. But I don't know. Yeah. Child in her stomach. I, but That's I know, true. I know, but like, it's the way she said it, like, I remember all watching that. that I, like, yeah, that's funny because I took it as a, oh, my life? <laughs> I took it as like, yeah. oh, you want, like, like me? Because that's, that's the you line. You want me to die? Because that's the line. <laughs> We're good now. He can die. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, she's like, no, not necessarily. Bring me his horse. Uh, and uh, they, they start the ceremony slit the animal's throat she's like all right i need you to get the fuck out of here it's about to get real ugly the dance the dead gonna dance in here tonight the uh, dead gonna dance and uh, they they go ahead and walk on out of there you hear some fucking demonic sounds coming from in there what the fuck going on in there homie what the fuck going on uh this is horrifying the, like it's like what the fuck uh no, you are 100% right, yeah. Um, Daenerys is like, my death? She's like, scared. Not at all okay with it. Whatsoever. No. <laughs> I don't know how I, I, yeah, I took it as like a, oh, okay, that might be where we yeah. go ahead and come. Um, yeah, maybe say, uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Never mind. Um, so Cal would have been pissed though if that happened anyway, like, oh, yeah, for over sure. his heir. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. No, no fucking way. Uh, but, uh, she she makes her way outside the tent covered in blood, and Jorah's like, "What the fuck did you do? We yeah, got his armor, I told though. you we could have fucking left. We'd be just fine. Now you are in great yeah. danger." And uh, <laughs> Quotho <laughs> comes up and is like, "What the fuck you doing? Why there a witch in there? Why are there demonic sounds coming out of that tent? I don't like any of this. I'm going in there." And uh, Jorah makes his choice again. I love the way Jorah just keeps. Going further and further and further into Daenerys's corner, specifically, draws his sword, yeah. and uh, Quotho has no choice but to accept this challenge. He's already in the tent too. He's like, he's like shoulder in. He's like, okay, dude wants to fight me right now. Yeah, Let's he fight. has to. In, in front of everyone too, saw him challenge. Like mm-hmm. in their eyes, like he if must. he goes into the tent, it, his wishes of being called. Like that's what his ultimate goal is. You know, he wants yeah, to yeah. fight and win oh, and yeah. be called. If he doesn't accept this fight and win, if he can't win this fight, then come on. Man. Well, that's yeah. what, that's what Jor like. Jor goes on later later in the show to at some point like flex. Like I once killed a Dothraki blood rider in single combat. He did do that though. Yeah, and like, like and that's the yeah. thing is that like he did do that and like kind of like the second that's, that's like second a in charge too. It's like a universal. Like everyone, uh, you hear Everyone's that? Like, oh goes, shit! Oh, this like, man can fuck a person up, huh? He oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. He uh, knows what he's doing. Um, but he got lucky uh, that his armor got the got the shit stuck, and he went ahead and sliced his face with the sword. Very, very open, easy shot for him there, uh, and he does kill him. Quotho goes down. R.I.P. Quotho. But uh, R.I.P. Quotho. <laughs> Daenerys. Uh, then is like, 
holy shit, the baby's coming. And you're like, wow, there's a lot going on right now. Uh, there is so much happening. Uh, and one of the dudes comes up and is like very helpful to her. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I, I got you. But like, uh, none of the midwives are going to help you. They say you're cursed. Um, don't know what that's about. Uh, I love that the Dothraki are just like on the fucking nose with all of the magic shit. Like they, yeah, their midwives yeah. are like, fuck no, baby. She's cursed. That baby gonna die. It's coming out all icky. Like, uh, mm-hmm. and I mean, I, they, they were right. I mean, and he was just kind of like, well, the witch said that she could deliver a baby. I guess you could go there. <laughs> like Jor lifts her up and is like, all right, time to march into the, the demon realm. It's like, <laughs> like the, the shrieks and demonic groans coming out of there and he's just carrying her right in. Uh, and that, that is what concludes the storyline here, uh, in with the Dothraki. It's uh it's a fucking goodie. It's a fucking goodie. Next we get like a stupid version of Khal Drogo just sitting on a rock not able to comprehend anything and then and then we get her oh. going in he's dead and then freaking Daenerys comes out alive with dragons. So like it's it's insane. Like what what I am so confused as to what happens in between there. Is that it? Is Call just like revived and then just stupid for a little bit and everyone settles down because he's alive? And then I don't like I'm so lost on what happens with that. Story. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty. It, I, I've always this is the most new to me on the on the rewatch. Well, she, uh, I think a bunch of the Call Asar leaves. That's Between, right. They they all t- a bunch of them take off before the funeral even happens. It's a funeral, and it's like stay the, the or happens. leave. We won't be mad if you leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she emerges from the fire, and the rest of the Dothraki that stayed are like, "Oh shit, this is who we follow now." Um, because they all go to the knee. That's like, right. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Okay. So I think like there's a sect of them that like go off and are like fuck this I'm out, um. But uh, that's that's what's crazy is like that's all I can't remember shit besides the end of that episode. I know, and maybe it is just more drawn out. I don't know. Maybe it is just that is all it is, and well, it's just more drawn know, out throughout the episode. I guess we get the tail end of the ritual. You know, we don't see what happens there. Um. Daenerys has you know, to we get birth. like Yorin. Yorin like takes Arya aside and like cuts her hair and then like sends her off. Like he's like, "Boy, go to this boy." And she's like, "I'm a girl." And he's like, "No, the fuck, you're not. No, you're not. You're a boy now. Please get out of here and stay safe." Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nah, but uh, that does bring us to King's Landing. Oh, the final wow. scenes of the episode where. And th- what's funny is this is actually the first, very first scene of the episode. And immediately I was like, oh, that might be my favorite scene of the episode. I no. did not realize how closely tied Varys and Ned were. Like, a lot of the most important discussions for Ned in season one happened with Varys. Yeah. And this if Varys one is- does not go down there, Ned does not do what he does when he comes up. Nope. Like, nope. it is Varys that convinces Ned. Like one hundred percent. 
Absolutely. Uh, Varys, uh, Varys visits him here and tells Ned that Sansa begged for his life before the whole court. And uh, Ned's like, ha, did you laugh with the rest of them? <laughs> is, that, is that what I, he's like, sir, you, you, you besmeech my honor. I am a good man. <laughs> uh, but uh, he tells him Rob's leading an army from the north. Rob's just a boy. And he's, uh, like the way the way Ned's just like, God damn, everything is just going so bad. I am definitely going to die. Yeah. And uh, in addition, the queen is more concerned over the intentions of Stannis Baratheon. Uh, and Ned's like, again, that's the rightful heir. He is the heir to the throne. That's the one person who is a threat. And uh, Varys urges him for the sake of Sansa's life to confess to treason, and in return, he will take the black and join his brother and bastard at the wall. And Ned's like, are you fucking kidding? Do you think my life means that much to me? Yeah. <laughs> he was like, you you really think my life means that much to me? Uh, and Varys goes on to uh, tell him a story about how you know, he, he grew up with a, a troop of actors and he learned to lie and he's a very good actor. He's good at blending in. And uh, Ned ties that part of the part of the story back around here and tells him, you are a good actor. You learned it well. I grew up around soldiers. I learned to die a long time ago. And that is my quote of the episode. It was I so remember, good. Like every rewatch that I've watched this episode. I'm like shocked that it shocked me. Ned died. No, because like Ned is for the last two episodes. I mean, like obviously, like he's like he's the main character. I'm like, how are they going to get out of this? They'll figure it out. No, but like uh, the way he is talking, he's like, I'm going to die. Yeah, that's guarantee. I will die. Mm -hmm. I have no doubt. Well, and and it's something that makes it's something that makes Ned one of the better characters because at the same time as he can have the uh, moral compass that he does, he also understands the brutal nature of the world that he's in. Um, and he understands it fully. Like, he's not deceived. He's not He's not going to be caught in a vulnerable position like Daenerys nope. was. He, he already has gone through all that. Or Man, even Robert, was, honestly. Robert still didn't take that lesson to heart. I was trying, like, to think of all the different ways that that Ned could have gone about this, like, to make it better. And, like, I was thinking, like, okay, what if he just goes off and ramble, like, tells everyone the truth? But then I'm like, no one's going to believe him because they're all accusing him of treason, and it's a madman. No one's going to believe what he's trying to say. He you know, literally did the only so, thing that could have saved his life, and it didn't yeah. save his life. Yeah. This man was going to die. There's nothing that he could have done. So it is yeah. it is insane that it shocked us that he died. Like, there was no... Well, I guess we didn't know Joffrey was just going to be an absolute cock, um, I guess. So, I know. Um, yeah, at this point, I guess Joff- we didn't know that. But. Joffrey felt like very much a non-factor. Like, the, the, the kingship in itself felt like a bit of a non-factor throughout the season because Robert was until so just like... This. Until this. Until this, where you're like, oh, they have a lot of power. And nobody can do anything about that. Because he gets up there and he's like, I am Ned Stark, warden of the north and hand of the king. And Joffrey's like, bring me his head. You know, like... This freaking, like, 12-year-old kid. How old is Joffrey? I think he's, like, 14. But, uh, a kid. Straight-up child. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is, uh, this is ridiculous. But, uh, 
Varys once again says that he should he should reconsider his choice as Sansa would pay the price for his defiance to be sure and uh, it leaves him to think on that until uh he is brought before the Sept of Baelor later on but uh we then see Arya Stark living rough out on the streets of King's Landing and I was like whoa Weird to see her on the streets of King's Landing because the last time we see her on the streets of King's Landing, Daenerys is burning that shit down. Yeah. And, uh, and she's she's running around the streets like figuring out a way to get out of there. Like, oh man. Like there's just a lot that just stuck out to me about the imagery here. And uh she sees a crowd moving through the streets. Uh She's like, where are you guys going? They're like, the hand of the king is being brought to the Sept of Baylor. And she's like, oh, fuck, 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 And stunned that she will see her father, she drops the pigeon and joins the crowd. But unable to see, she climbs onto the pedestal of the statue of Baylor. Baylor was a Targaryen king, by the way. Baylor the Blessed. And... uh she sees her father being brought out in chains to the steps of the temple. He sees Arya on the statue immediately, and he is dragged through the crowd. And as he passes Yorin, he yells, Baylor! Baylor! Which is where this episode got its fucking name. And this yeah. is why it might be my favorite line, other than the Maester Aemon line. Oh, dude, um, just him saying Baylor? Because I didn't... It clicked this time. I had zero clue what Baylor meant before at all mm-hmm. until this watch. This is like where it clicked. I'm like, um, okay. Um, like Baylor, um, I knew it was the episode title, you know, I knew, but I didn't know that it was a previous king. I didn't know that it was someone that they saw as merciful and that they like, you know, worship now, I guess. Well, he's um, like, a, or he's like, like, kind of like, or just. It, they, it's like precedent. Like, yeah, I guess yeah, like it's their precedent. Like, oh, we're gonna be religious and we're gonna love our gods and stuff. Be forgiving, law. Um, so I guess, um, like I don't know. It is, it is a little, a little strange. But now, like, it clicked that it was he was telling. Like, I did not know the statue was of Baylor. Like, I didn't yeah. know. Like, I didn't know that he was yeah. like saying that's where Arya is, and it just makes it so much better that like, um, that that's like the link of it. And, well, and it makes wise. it so much better that it's like he found the one person in the crowd who would have even the slightest inkling of trust in Ned, the brother of Benjamin, the father to John, a couple of his Night's Watch brothers. And he's like, oh, OK, yeah, I guess I'll like Ned went up there. Knowing he was going to die. Yeah. He He even confesses and he knew he was going to die. Like he goes, yeah. like he tells he tells him Baylor, and he's like he like looks around, he finds Baylor, and he sees Arya, and he's like, oh okay, yeah, I'm on it. Uh, yeah, that's that's my favorite line. I, I oh, like it's too good, man. Yeah, it is good. Uh, like it, it, like having it click to this time, like actually knowing what it what it really means, and like I don't know, and then Especially. after what happens, like I, like yeah. I. This was the first time in the rewatch that I got emotional. Mm. Um, like as soon as Arya climbs on the pedestal of Baylor, 
and she and he walks out there like my heart starts beating fast i start like yeah like oh it's happening like it's happening like already like that's what's crazy is i know how this scene goes yeah Mm -hmm. that's what makes it hurt even worse yeah like even the first time i watched this obviously like i'm like He's going to confess. It'll be fine. We'll be chilling. I'm like, I'm not even worried. And then he gets his head cut off. And then I have all those emotions where I'm like, oh, yeah, you're like, oh, oh, he's like, wait, wait. means he's dead. I, I remember not even he's... Of that. Like, I was just yeah. like, whoa, like, all right. So after this, there's going to be, some kind of, gonna be some kind of reset. Like something big is going to happen. Something's going to change. Yeah, they can, they can go. It's he's a wolf. Maybe they their heads can go back on in this unit. You know, uh, he's <laughs> not dead, right? Like no, no, oh, yeah, he's not dead. That wasn't that wasn't that wasn't Ned. That was a lookalike that Varus got. You know, that would have been actually pretty sick. Got a lookalike to go out in front of No, does everyone know what Ned looks like? Obviously, the people of the council do, but like, yeah. Beyond yeah. that, out. But uh, <laughs> Ned is uh, given a chance to confess his crimes here, and he weighs his choices as he sees both Arya and Sansa, and uh, chooses to save them by making a false confession. He says that Joffrey is the true king on the Iron Throne. That he tried to commit treason and get the throne for himself. Why do you have to put himself like? I guess he had to. That's he had to come up with some lie that would be reason enough for why he well, that's committed what he this street. Yeah, that's what he stood accused. Oh, I guess, of. oh okay. Yeah, man. Oh. I just it's like it's just so sad that like watching it happen, like Ned just being like the most honorable man for his entire life, doing everything in the name of honor, and then like the public would forever like remember ned well i guess or only during that, this time there's like that's dent where Arya's is over in bravos and they're doing like the street performance and there's that dude who is playing ned stark and is like i'm just a little i'm a big old fucking dumbass and i'm gonna try and steal the throne for myself you know like he does the ridiculous <laughs> voice and like yeah that's so sad like, this is no, how ned sad. stark will be remembered in history books yeah um, I mean, Bran takes over and stuff, so I'm assuming there's going to be some sort of rectification of that. But regardless, uh, after his confession, Grand Maester Pycelle stands and extols the virtues of mercy. As Baylor the Blessed believed in, there is, there is light in confession. What will be the ruling Joffrey? And Joffrey stands, he does the little wave like, yes, everybody, hello. Hello, it is me, <laughs> Joffrey Baratheon. Yes, hi. Uh, so. Sansa begged for his life, my beloved. Ah, oh, beautiful lady. Oh, uh, beautiful. My mother wants me to send him to the wall. Ah, these are these are admirable things. But these are the feeble hearts of women. Am I right, fellas? Am I right? Everybody, everybody starts cheering. Sansa goes. Sansa goes stone face. Arya gets scared, and he yells, "Sir Illyn, bring me his head." The crowd goes up in an uproar. The music starts building. It starts swelling. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I got chills. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like shaking over here. I've watched this before. It's just how good this is. And uh, Arya tries to climb down, make her way through the crowd, drawing her sword to save her father. She tries to get there. 
and and uh, Jorn grabs her, stops her, looks at her, tells her, "Look at me, look at me. You don't want to see this shit." Um, holds her against his chest and is like, "Nope, not right now." And Sansa is screaming and screaming and screaming. Varys runs over and it's like, "I think." Ha- having the same conversation Yorin yeah. is having with Arya and is like, please look away. Like you, well, he runs, yeah. Varys runs over to Cersei and is like yelling at Cersei and jo- like, and Joffrey at first. Oh, um, he's like, he's like, yo, like, no, you cannot do this. Like at first he's like, no, like this cannot happen. And then I think he, and then I think he runs over to Sansa. Cersei does her best to persuade yeah. Joffrey to stop it. That's like, true. Yeah, Cersei's like, Cersei's no, Joffrey. She's like, like, this is, you know, this is going to be a lot of things you don't want to deal with. I promise. <laughs> You're a little fucking idiot, buddy. Yeah. You can't do this. Uh, but there's no time. Forced to kneel, the music drops out. Ned looks at the statue and sees that Arya's not there. Yorin did his job. He looks around. like, And this is what made Sean Bean's performance just sealed the yeah, fucking hands deal. down like hands uh down. like the resolve the that comes to him in this like the panic at first him like the music drowning out the noise drowning out him looking around like oh my god i'm about to fucking die i'm hmm. going to fucking die and then sees his daughter safe he looks down exposes the nape of his neck and sir ellen draws his own sword ned's sword this is ice that he uses to cut his yeah. head off. Yep. And Joffrey didn't even do it himself. The man who gives man the, who sentence. the sentence did yep. not swing the sword. Nope. And, uh, a flock of pigeons takes flight immediately as his head is chopped off. And we, uh, we cut to black with the sight of Arya knowing her father is dead. I love the difference between Arya and Sansa during the entire scene because when Ned is first coming out, Sansa is smiling. Smiling. She's like, "Yeah, I I got you in. Like, I did it, Dad. Like, I cut you a deal. I, I I got you out of this. Like, it's all gonna be okay." And then you have Arya, which is she's worried the entire time. She's she's not a moment of of happy, you know, and. And then Arya's worry only gets worse and worse and worse, but then gets comforted. And like, she sees doves, you know, that, that's what she sees in the sky. Like, that's, that's what she'll, like, that's what she'll remember the day, obviously, is like one of the worst days of her life. But she will only have the visual of doves flying in the sky. That's all she can remember. But like, Sansa has a clear view. Saw it. Um, yeah, she was looking the whole time, screaming the whole time, and, like, that's exactly what Ned wanted to prevent. And he knew yeah. that he could really only do it with For one daughter, and <laughs> Sansa already kind of betrayed, you know, oh. in the first place, so yeah, go save my daughter. Go save me. Oh, nah, there, my mini-me. Oh. My mini-me. <laughs> I will never forget when I first showed this show to Emily. Oh no, man! Like this was a a this was a consoling job like none I've ever had. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I I it, she hates when I show her a show where characters you like die. You know, like yeah. when I showed her Stranger yeah. Things and mm. Stranger Things Two, she was like, "Bob's gonna be okay, right?" 
Bob's going to be okay, right? And I was like, yeah, Bob will be fine. Yeah, Um, yeah, Bob will be fine. Bob is going to a good place. And she was like, I never even had to answer that question for Ned because like we were talking about, she never thought he was in trouble. He was fine. He was going to figure out a way out of it. Uh, And got his head cut off and I, I, she cried for 15 minutes after the episode ended. I was like, I am so sorry. We do not have to watch this anymore if you don't want to. And she's (laughs) like, I'm too deep now. Uh, (laughs) Well, and that's the crazy thing is this is only episode. This isn't even the finale. Like this happens and you're like, what could be more pivotal than this? And then they do some shit that's more pivotal than this. Yeah. They give Danny her dragons. You know, yeah. and and now I'm thinking of the whole episode, and we, we do keep track of two things currently. Hodors, we didn't get a Hodor. No Hodors. It, it's okay. I think they made up for it. We did get another addition to the Arya kill list. She ah, she did snap that pigeon. She killed a yep. pigeon. She's random uh, stable boy and pigeon. So far, Arya has killed um about to be everyone up there on the high council about to be if she mm-hmm. wasn't stopped um so yeah. just a pigeon for now she'll get to those people later um yeah. so or in hodor's penis yep <laughs> we got hodor's penis i mean that, that's pretty big you got to include that on the on the data you know we have to have literally, that data literally pretty big um <laughs> yes um <laughs> man has giant's blood in him Oh. That man's got giant's blood if I've ever seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that, we do have to declare favorites. I think we're all caught up, save for uh, Tavares's <laughs> scene and line. Do you got a you got yeah. a favorite favorites there? Scene. I really do think that for, like when we tra- when we transition over to King's Landing at the beginning of the uh, whole net situation, you, 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 contextualizing the viewer via Aria, I think, was a really great decision because that. It, it gives you this sort of um, help. It, it it gives you the helplessness that Ari is feeling and that the viewer is also mm-hmm. feeling that helps the emotions land of the scene. And so I think that that's a really important part of um, how this episode is, is constructed. So um, I'll, I'll go with that for my scene. And in terms of line, yeah, I got a second um, Sean Bean's quote, you know, I've, I've always, what, what was it? I've, uh, just I've regular prepared or to die. Die. prepared to die. Ago. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. One. yeah, yeah, that one. Um, so good. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just good. You just, you hear that, and you're just like that. That is the essence of this show, in a way. Mm. Um, it's drawing to that distinction. There we go. I think the only difference, um, I guess, the only difference is Colton. You have Rob returning from battle, um, being humble as you're seen, but me and Tavares both have. Ned's death, basically, as our scene. We I all that, have Ned's Stark and Sean Bean. Yeah. I knew that scene would get yeah. the love it needed, so I was yeah. like, uh, I'll go we ahead. We all got Ned Stark and Sean Bean for the performance and character. That's that's pretty Last much chance. without a Last doubt. Chance. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then I just had Baylor instead. Um, which, I mean, Baylor. the actual line that I've, like, I watched that scene, the the opening scene, and I'm like, oh, that's the line. I'm like, that's just yeah. the line of the episode. So being yeah. my scene. Like, yeah. when it opened with that, I was like, oh, I don't think they'll be able to top that in this episode. Nope. Yep. Uh, 
And frankly, I don't know if they did critically. Like that was a fantastic looking scene. The dialogue was immaculate. Varys and Ned having just fire it black. It started with pitch black. The flame started to come up, and his eyes were blurred. And then it slowly got better. Like it was, it was so his pupils. It showed like his pupils being dilated and then getting smaller with the flame in the reflection of his pupil. It was like, oh my god! They zoom in on one eye, and you can just see the flame in it. And I was just like, oh my god, this is this is fucking gorgeous. This is Um, yeah. And that's going to lend itself really well to the to the rating of this episode. Uh, enjoyment wise, are gotta we at a surefire ten? You think? Gotta be at least. I don't have enough. any hesitation. Okay, fair enough. I don't, have, I don't have any hesitation for me. I don't know this because I was coming into this episode thinking I was going to enjoy it. Not enjoy it, but like it will be a resonant episode just because of what happens at the end. And then I realized how much cool shit happens in the episode as well. Tyrion's yeah. whole storyline was so fun. Them just hanging out and drinking and fucking was awesome. Um, Daenerys going crazy and trying to save Call. Like that actually happening. I'm like, oh my god, this is like insane that this is happening. Jorah, um, freaking like, I don't know. It's crazy how much actually happened in this episode. So I'm like, yeah, no, yeah. this was like, Everything I'd want a Game of Thrones episode, or everything I expect the episode was going to be, and yeah. more. Um, yeah, it's very, very well rounded, very balanced. To think that that's what you looked for when you're looking for a Game of Thrones episode, because you're dealing with so many different characters, so many different kinds of plots and storylines that you want a taste of all everything that makes those good, each of those good in every episode, because they are all amazing. And this mm-hmm. is one of the the. the I, I won't say few that accomplishes it because there are numerous that accomplish that, but this is one of the standout ones for sure. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, this is a uh, fucking brilliant. And to that note, it would probably be a 10 out of 10 genre wise. Yeah. Episode to be, it would, it would be a 10 it, out of 10. The only it plays, one. it plays that lighter into the fantasy super well. Mm, yes, it does. Yes, it does. The, uh, the only place it might fall a little bit is critical rating and it won't fall much. This is one of the best episodes of the series. It is far and away the best looking of the, uh, of season one. I do think we get better. So I don't want to go ahead and label it as a perfect episode of television, but it's as close as you can get. Um, yeah. I think it's a nine five. I was I, think I was even nine seven five. I think there is even still improvement, like for because that's that's the thing is that like this although very real you know very kind of grounded still they do the same thing while incorporating a night king and dragons and way more houses and like that's the thing is like it. It, it it the room for improvement actually is insane. Like think yeah. about season six. Think about Battle of the Bastards. Think about well, that. They episode. just had so much more. They had so much more money to really flesh yeah, out like, things that they alluded to perfectly. And like, like even putting it at a nine, yeah, putting it at a nine five still makes it the best episode of the season. Um, the only one that comes close is a Golden Crown episode six. So at a nine two five. So, um. I think it's it's either nine five or nine seven five. I think that's that's the for sure thing. I am one thousand percent okay with a nine five. Yeah, I'm, I, I think a nine five. Because I mean, feels, it still puts right. the episode out to a nine eight three. Um, 
So, I mean, that's that's pretty good. IMDb gave it a 9.6 out of 10. Um, I guarantee you Rotten Tomatoes has this at 100. It, 100. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. probably it's probably unnecessary it's had, to look it up. But, yeah, it's had um, other episodes at 100, and if this isn't at 100, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, if not, I will actually personally write um, Rotten Tomatoes a handwritten letter about how the rating system is screwed up and wrong. Um, and man, it's so convoluted to get to the rating per episode, but I'm finally there. And yes, it is a hundred percent. Thank God. There it goes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, amongst the top critics, every single one of them has rated it a 10 out of 10. <laughs> so, um, there you go. Um, yeah, I guess at the time, this is a 10 out of 10, like, in 2011, yeah. before they knew what this show was going to be, this was like an all-time episode. Yeah. yeah. So, um, can't blame think, them. Yeah. Can't blame them one bit. I mean, it's damn no. close for us, and we have seen all of it. Uh, yeah. Ninety-eight percent is nothing to fuck with. Baylor is going to be a top-tier episode of this show for a long time. Uh, I don't know that. Uh, it'll be interesting. How many episodes do you think even have a chance of touching that? that uh-huh. level you know i'm going at least one a season at minimum yeah yeah i yeah. can't think of more it's than one episode three episode nine or ten pretty much it's like those will be the ones that will like have the chance but then like there's also just like some episode threes and like just just random episodes that are thrown in there that are like probably just really good that we are not not like thinking not of. remembering yeah yeah um, so no, I think I think it's like, and this is season one. Like, although it built the world very, very well, they only get better as they go on, and only like more into the world. So, um, right, I think it's it's very possible that we have nine two fives, nine fives, like consistently, like kind of like I don't know, certainly uh, around critically wise, could happen. Uh, yeah, I, I guess like we started like in the eights, even like into the sevens, and then like after episode five, it was just nines consistently. And we said that that was kind of the episode where they really found they their style in. and they're honing in, and like they don't break away from that. You know, it's like it is just Game of Thrones for the rest of the time. So we haven't given anything below a nine. Actually, last episode we gave an eight seven five. Whoops. Um, but like, okay, still basically a nine critically. Yeah. Um, a nine yeah. four two overall. So like, every episode is is very good, and that makes sense because this is just some of the best television there is. Like, it is it does make sense that this is up there on the scale. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. But with that. We conclude the first penultimate episode of Winter is Blooming. Season one is almost at a close, and we will wrap it up in the new year. Oh, Lord. Now it will be uh, the first episode That's of right. the new year for us, which is wow. uh, very, very cool. Uh, I cannot wait to discuss the finale next week, man. I'm so fucking excited because this show mm-hmm. has been so much fun to cover. I can't believe we're already at the end of season one. I know. We only got, what, seven left? Two, Think three, about four, like eight. the literal time that we've taken to watch the show and cover it is actual yeah. the actual time that's taken place in the show. Yeah. Um like actually just a couple of months, you know, like is is actually um 
<laughs> how much time has taken place versus House of the Dragon, where you get a five year jump out of just in between episodes, you know? Right. Which is, yeah. it's that, that's that's yeah. funny. Um, but yeah, no, I, this it's going to be awesome to wrap up season. Like it's crazy that it, season one's already done. Yeah, pretty no, much. I love it. I love it. But uh, this was a good one. This was a good one. And with that, we will conclude this episode of Winter is Blooming, a Game of Thrones rewatch podcast. If you would. Head to patreon.com slash Bloom to find over 50 hours of exclusive content. I'm back on my weekly pull lists bullshit. I got a bunch of comic book reviews over there for you. We keep doing uh, random little Patreon bits for you over there. Tons of content. And for three bucks a month, you can support this podcast in a more meaningful way than anybody else uh, financially. Uh, because that shit is uh, shit's a huge help. It, it costs me money. I don't make any off of it unless it is over there. So it'd be a, be a huge help. Uh, if you would head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom pod. And, uh, I guess I can promote it here, but not on Twitter. Follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom podcast. <laughs> Yo, that's just um, wild. <laughs> that's just um, wild. But, uh, yeah, leave a five star rate and review. Those ratings and reviews help us like crazy. Need those for the search matrix? Uh, that'd be that'd be absolutely awesome. Please leave a five star rate and review. Uh, share with a friend. That'd be a huge help as well. I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Ooh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. I was also joined by Tavares Pennington. Thank you very much, homie. No problem. You know how we do it. We do do be do be do be do ba. Uh. But with that, keep coming back. We got the 52-year journey through film concluding this Friday. Oh. The award show concluding this Saturday. The, new, the, the end of the year marks the end of that project. We're heading into the comic book journey through film in uh, next Friday. Next Friday is when that shit starts. So uh, I'm so, so excited. And uh, I can't wait for you guys to hear that because we've had just a great plethora of guests come on and help us uh, help us hone that project. It's been so much fun, uh, even even more fun than the 52 year journey through film. And that was that was so much that was so much fun. Uh, but I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Uh, we're wrapping up uh, our latest Star Wars draft next week. Round two is coming on Wednesday. Very excited for you guys to hear that. Uh, and then the Bad Batch comes back next week, and we will be trying our best to cover that week to week, as week to week as we possibly can. Uh, that'll be on Rebellion's Bloom. So I'm very excited for for everything we've got going on. We're busy, busy lads, but uh, we love doing it. So remember, peace, love, and bloom. And Baylor. <laughs>